0: Lessons Lived podcast, hosted by Michael Puente. What would you teach the
1: world? Hello and welcome to Lessons Lived. Today I'm speaking with Lynn Burnett. How are you doing, Lynn? I'm doing good. So Lynn is a former high school history teacher and a youth mentor. He's the creator of CrossCulturalSolidarity.com and the White Anti-Racist Ancestry Project. Uh, Lynn has three lessons to share today. First lesson is help build the world you'd like to see with people you admire. Second lesson is understand the roots of the issues you care about. Third lesson is put your body into diverse spaces and build solidarity across difference. I first met Lynn uh, when he was teaching a series of salons about the, um, when you were teaching a series of salons about the civil rights movement, and you fundamentally changed how I think about history, how I think about the civil rights movement, and I think mostly how how I think about history Um, for me, history in high school and in college was just a series of dates and memorize these dates, uh, uh, learn these people's names and get it on the test. And the civil rights movement was never felt so alive as how you taught it. And I wanted to just thank you for that. Um, You taught it like you talked about the geopolitical like universe that was going on at the time. And I realized when you were teaching About the civil rights movement, that when I had heard about it in high school and stuff, I never really, it always seemed like, how would that have worked? You know, these protests and stuff like that. The people in power, why would they have given up power? Mm -hmm. It just never made sense to me, but I didn't bother to dig in enough. And you really made the whole thing come alive. And I think if if I had you as a teacher, I know if I had you as a teacher, I would have remembered those dates and I would remember those people. Because you're such a good teacher and you put everything in such a great context. I wanted to thank you uh, uh, for that first and foremost. Um, and so maybe you can tell us a little bit first about yourself. You can tell us a little bit about your projects, CrossCulturalSolidarity.com and the White Anti-Racist Ancestry Project. So yeah, I'd like to hear.
0: Yeah, well, I was thinking about how we met in that salon and uh, that was hosted by a family whose son I had mentored uh, at the Green Gulch Zen Temple. And so Mm -hmm. for, for me, that shows a lot of, you know, the, um, some of the most important dimensions of, of my life, you know, I, I'm passionate about mentorship and education. I'm passionate about, uh, spiritual paths, spiritual community, spiritual practice, and I'm passionate about social justice issues. Um, and so when I think of myself, I think of someone who, you know, those, those three passions are very interwoven together, you know, in my, in my life.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and then to say something about the about crosscultural solidarity.com, um mm-hmm. please. You know, that's that's the place where I publish my own racial justice history writing. And it's also a place where I publish uh, uh resource pages that I create about a variety of racial justice history topics. And, you know, the hope for that is for that to be a place where, you know, kind of a landing place where people could go check out those resource pages and get introduced. Kind of to the whole field of racial justice history, um, I chose the term cross-cultural solidarity because um, you know I got this idea when I was still a high school history teacher, and you know I was primarily you know my classrooms in Oakland, it was like a third black, a third Latino, a third Asian American Pacific Islander, and then you know a few Native American kids, a few white kids, mm-hmm. and it felt um, you know one of my big priorities as a teacher was to make sure that, uh, you know, all of our histories, all of our backgrounds were represented in the class. And so this idea of cross-cultural solidarity mm-hmm. is when, you know, to zoom out and look away from my classroom and to think about it as a whole country, um, when we all know about each other's histories, when we all know about each other's experiences, you know, I think that um, I think that's one of the, the ways that we could build a more beautiful world of the kind that we all want to, you know, to see. I think it's important that we all have some, understanding of uh you know asian american history and experience latino american history and experience you know and on and on for for everybody um and i think this is especially important you know when we look at the history of freedom struggles uh and by Mm -hmm. that i mean you know people people uh when we understand something about the different issues that that groups face and when we understand something of how they've organized you know to improve their conditions Mm -hmm. the idea of cross-cultural solidarity for me is when we If we can collectively, if more people collectively across the country can understand all of that history, I think that we can, um, it'll help us to move forward to build the kind of world that we want to see. You know, something else, I I think that solidarity, kind of the foundation of it is simply knowing each other's experiences and histories. Um, But I'm also very interested in the direct history of solidarity. You know, Uh, so if you go to that website, there are resource pages on, you know, black and Asian solidarity, black Latino solidarity, there's pages on, hmm. you know, white anti-racist history, and learning those uh, stories of how, let's say, the Black Panther supporting the farm workers, uh, you know, those kinds of stories, I think, are very powerful, and uh, inspiring, and and can help us have, um, it can help us think about how we can have that kind of multiracial solidarity today. Once again, you know, for me, it's all about moving forward together so that we can build the kind of world that we want to see. It's beautiful.
1: It, it paints such a more rich tapestry of the issues involved and the people's involved and the stories involved. It's, it's yeah, beautiful. Exactly.
0: Uh, what
1: about the white anti-racist ancestry project, which I think is interesting. And I see your posts every now and then about of unknown people that are critical to, uh, to, to, to anti-racist, you know, um, thinking.
0: Yeah. So my interest in white anti-racist history was once again born in the classroom. Um, you know, I I thought it was really important as I was teaching that my white students saw positive examples of white people showing up for racial justice. Mm. And, uh, you know, when I've known a lot of uh, uh, parents who are really concerned with that, you know, especially right now, I'm meeting a lot of white parents who feel like it's important for them to raise their kids, uh, you know, with those role models. So I think there's something, mm. you know, I think there's something unhealthy about, you know, uh, going through a, uh, a history class. And, you know, and this is not only for white students, but I think it's unhealthy for everyone. If the only examples of whiteness that you see are the Bull Connors of history, you know, I think mm-hmm. there's something disempowering about that. Um, you know, it makes it a lot easier to imagine uh, and, and uh, envision how we can build a better world if we can see positive examples of white people showing up in history as well. So that's kind of my early interest in it was wanting to bring some mm-hmm. of those stories into the classroom. But then with the events of Pat, of, uh, of last year, uh, with uh, the murder of uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, yeah. and the uprisings that happened after that, you know, here we had you know potentially millions of white people, you know, who were more interested in showing up for racial justice than than they had ever been before. And I was asking myself this question of you know with what can I what can I do to help bring uh, to harness this moment, you know, as someone with a background in, in writing and understanding this history. And um, yeah, that's how I, you know, before I was writing about a pretty wide range of uh, racial justice topics, but mm-hmm. I decided at that point to really hone in on this white anti-racist history because I saw that as a way to provide role models and examples uh, that could help to inspire, you know, the um, the real upsurge and in interest in, you know, white, white uh, communities across the country and I was hoping that those stories could help uh, them figure out how to step forward and help them. Um, you know, I was a little bit concerned that their interest might be uh, momentary, that it might fade over mm-hmm. a period of time. And I was hoping that some stories would give some guidance and also maybe help to inspire folks to uh, to stick around and to learn and to grow and to kind of stay, you know, in that commitment to racial justice. That's
1: beautiful. Um, is this a one-man show? or do you have a, This is a lot of work. I know that you are... <laughs> a hard working person and you put out a lot of content. Do you have people helping you or is this all?
0: It's a one, it's a one person show. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, well, uh, well, I mean, I say, I say that, uh, in terms of, um, you know, I'm the one doing the research. I'm the one doing mm-hmm. the writing. You know, I'm the one doing the, you know, interviewing people. I'm the one pushing the fundraising for it. Um, okay. you know, so, it, it is pretty much me but at the same time I'm in constant communication right of course you know, I'm, I'm of course. constantly yeah yeah but it, in terms of producing the content you know it's a one-person show okay well
1: good good I mean it's, it's great great work and like I said before you probably had you probably you definitely had the biggest impact on how I how I think newly think about the civil rights movement and how I newly think about history in general mm-hmm. like it's just you've you really changed my, my way of thinking about these things in a very mm-hmm. positive more. You know, just a richness that I, that I believe now is behind every historical story and every every sort of movement mm. and every sort of historical period. So, thank you again for that.
0: And we'll, we'll put that's, links. That's to really meaningful there. for me to hear. Oh, I'm
1: glad. Yeah, thank it's you. really. I, I think about it, and I've told you know I've brought up what I learned in your salons uh, to other people because it's such an interesting, so, so much. It's it's just such a more interesting narrative than just dates and people. Um, so mm. let's uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's move to the first lesson which is obviously, obviously you're living this help build the world you'd like to see with people you admire. And you were just talking about build, building a world you'd like to see through these, through these programs that you're putting together. So what can you tell me about that first lesson?
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I just think of, you know, how to live a a meaningful life that feels, um, you know, yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like one of the key things to, to living a life that has a sense of purpose is to be able to wake up every morning and, to know that there's something that you care about, to know that, you know, to, to have identified, you know, something about the world that you would like to improve. You know, if we, if we wake up in the morning and we know that we're working to make the world a better place, I Mm. think that, that, um, you know, that, that is a really positive feeling to have. And especially if you have a community of people that you're working with, um, you know, people who you admire, people that inspire you, people that, um, that help you grow, you know, that's a, that also brings with it a deep sense of fulfillment. I have a question
1: for you actually about this. Um, Yeah, sure. In terms of finding people that are, that coexist with your, with your vision and and the things you want to do to make the world a better place. How have you Mm -hmm. gone about finding these people? Because I think that's a struggle for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's a really great, great question for, for me, it's been very much about, um, you know, putting my body in the right place. Uh, you know where where are the people who are working on the issues that I care about, and then okay. going to those meetings. You know, so it could be, mm. you know, it could be, um, yeah. I mean, it could be going to a church. It could be going to uh, could be going to a mosque. You know, there's a lot of spiritual and religious spaces where a lot of uh, where a lot of people are organizing. You know, or it could be, you know, I- identifying an organization and just starting to show up to those meetings. It takes time to get to know people. It takes time mm-hmm. to plug in. And I think that um, I think that sometimes the first uh, two or three places we go to might not feel like a right fit. So I feel mm-hmm. like some of it um, has to do with uh, being, being willing to experiment a little bit, put your body in different mm-hmm. places, and at, at some point, I think people will find the right place.
1: That's great advice. I, I think it's good to emphasize what you just said, which is you know keep keep trying. It'll it'll happen eventually. You Don't get discouraged early on, like you said first couple of places might not be a good fit, but you got to keep yeah. trying. So
0: T- totally. Um, yeah. One more thing I would add to that is uh, I think um, um, no community is perfect. You know, this is something mm-hmm. that I've, that I've discovered too. So I think if you're on a quest to find the absolutely perfect community, uh, that might, that might be something that you can never find. So I think it's very much about um, sticking around, getting to know people kind of uh you know accept. there's a certain amount of accepting people for who they are for where they're at Mm -hmm. and and the same goes for yourself you know and uh but if there's a place that uh you feel like you can have a rich experience and you feel like you can contribute something um you know i would suggest experiment and try different places but also be willing to to stick around and get to know people
1: that's great advice that's really good advice um stick around and get to know people. I think that's, that's, that's good for every at part of our life, right? You know, give people mm-hmm. a chance, give ourselves a chance and self-love. Um, exactly. so understanding the roots of the issues you care about, obviously the roots of the issues you're a historian. So that's everything about being a historian mm-hmm. is understanding the roots of issues. So, um, yeah. uh, tell me about that. How, how, how does understanding the roots of issues in general that we care about, uh, help us?
0: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, beyond, uh, Beyond the historical, of course, uh, you know, that's important for me. But I think that, you know, I think that in general, we live in a world where uh, our attention its very easy for our attention to get fragmented. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of, uh, there's kind of a clickbait culture, a soundbite culture. A lot of the material that we read is kind of hastily produced and, you know, instantly consumed and then we move on. And so when Mm -hmm. I think about, uh, when I think about rootedness and discovering the roots, I'm thinking about uh, kind of the pleasure and the satisfaction that we can get from pulling back from that instantaneousness and, and uh, um, and finding ways to, um, to learn more deeply about the things that that we care about, you know, taking more time to learn about the things that we care about, which in my experience uh, beyond just the historical gives me kind of a sense of groundedness and a sense of rootedness, which I think is part of the, one of the antidotes to, you know, the, uh, the society that we live in, which is very much based on kind of reactivity right now.
1: You mentioned this as part of your first lesson, but putting your body into diverse spaces. I think you even use the exact same words. Your third lesson is put your body into diverse spaces, build solidarity across difference. Um, and you talked about that when I asked about how you actually find the people that you admire to work with and to, to get stories from and to, and to learn from. Yeah. Um, tell me about, about some experiences you've had about being in diverse spaces and how you know, the challenges and the, and the benefits of, of doing that and and then how, what sort of tools or what sorts of ways you've, you've been able to build solidarity across difference. Because sometimes feel, people feel very, you know, um, very, it, it's a hard edge to, 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 to build solidarity across a perceived difference with people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I could say that in my life, some of the most expansive moments that I've ever had in my life. Uh, For example, you know, a a big one is uh, living in Arizona for a few years and spending time on the Navajo reservation. Um, And that was a moment that for me, you know, I I had already become interested in racial justice. This is back in 2007. Um, I had been, you know, I had had, uh, been in some reading group groups. I had gone to marches, but it was putting my body in that space of the reservation and you know, that was the time in my life where I really felt my whiteness for the first time. Um, Mm. And what I mean is, uh, you know, it was beyond kind of intellectual. I could feel that because of the historical experiences, you know, that people had on the reservation, that it was very hard for them to trust me as a white person, even though I was up there, you know, helping to repair fences and, you know, helping to dig ditches and, and, uh, you know, engaging in different, know actions you know with uh with the, with uh with the indigenous people up there the Hopi and the Navajo um so that was an experience for me that if I hadn't put my body there I would never have had uh you know that specific type of experience of myself which mm-hmm. uh was a big moment of waking up for me um and then during that same year I was teaching incarcerated kids in Arizona and um you know going into the jails and uh you know meeting with kids most of who were you no know, native kids, the Latino kids, uh, you know, black kids, you know, very few white kids in the jail. Um, this is the moment where I started teaching history, because the issues that they cared about were all racial justice issues. And I found mm. that to help them understand the roots, you know, once again, the roots, the roots of the issues that they cared about, I could help them understand those through history. Um, but it was a, it was also a place once again, where I was putting my body in that space. And I could feel, um, once again, I could kind of, you know, feel my whiteness and also with the study of the history combined with that, I could understand, uh, you know, it allowed me to, to, um, to start to, to recognize, uh, you know, uh, some of the ignorance in my life and to start mm-hmm. to let go of that and to start to see reality, you know, as it actually was and to, it kind of began my process of stepping forward, you know, into that, um, so those are two experiences of mine where putting my body in a space, uh, in a more diverse space, helped me to uh, engage in some real self-reflection, and helped me to see the world in a in a truer, uh, more fuller way, and also showed me some of the things that were broken in the world that needed fixing, um, and that and that was something that also gave me a sense of purpose. You know, figuring out how to, you know, work towards, um, you know, uh, uh, repairing some of that harm. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is really alive today, you know, beyond myself is, uh, you know, since uh, ever, ever since, uh, you know, the coronavirus shutdowns began, there's Mm -hmm. been a lot of violence against the Asian American community. And one of the things that's inspired me, yeah, one of the things that's inspired me is, uh, you know, there is a historical tension, uh, you know, between Black and Asian American communities. Um, And, you know, during the uprisings last year, there were just a huge amount of Asian Americans, putting their bodies, putting their bodies in kind of like black freedom spaces, you know, putting their bodies in black communities on marches, you know, showing up for Black Lives Matter. And with the attacks that have been happening on Asian Americans, there have been a lot of black folks, you know, going into Asian American spaces, participating in those meetings, you know, showing up at at the, uh, you know, at the solidarity actions for Asian Americans. And I think that, um, you know, especially whenever there's a historical tension between Communities. I think that one of the primary ways of healing that, healing that tension is by, um, you know, not only reading something but really taking your body and putting it in that space and building community in that space and showing those people that you'll show up for them, and them showing you that they'll show up for you. Um, you know, I think uh, I think a lot of us uh, will have fuller, richer lives if we uh, if we look at some of the ways that our lives are segregated and look at some of the divisions that we experience, and if mm. we you know build real you know life connections with other people across those uh, uh, divides
1: well I'm glad you mentioned that about um, black bodies being in in uh, solidarity with the, with the Asian community because all you see on the news and stuff oh, is mm-hmm. the one the other direction you only and it would be nice if that that alternative story or that that additional more nuanced story was also told because I don't see that on the news or on the channels you only hear bad news is good news. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that because I yeah, think exactly. it's important, especially at this at this time. I have a question about going putting your body in a diverse space in terms of like what sort of p- permission do you need to ask, or who do you ask? How do you get in there? Because I'm sure some of these spaces are not, you know, being being a white body, showing up to a, a place that is, you know, a non-white space um, that might have, you know, I don't even know how to say it, but I, I'm sure I'm sure that it it there needs to be some sort of permission. How do you go about uh, not just showing up and, or, or maybe that's what you do. I don't know. I'm kind of asking, how do you, how do you do, how do you go about that?
0: It's a really great question. Um, I think it's something that we need to be, you know, as white people, we need to be very mindful about. Um, and I think it's important, uh, that we have some humility, you know, I think, I think a lot Mm -hmm. of it really comes down to, to that. Um, you know, if we do put our body in a black and Brown space, um, and you know, if we get if we get a sense, uh, if we have a feeling that that maybe um, you know, that's unwanted, we have to be willing to ask about that. If no one actually tells us, it's, uh, mm. it's totally fine to, to just ask the question, you know, is it okay for me to be here? And um, you know, I've had experiences where I've asked that question uh, where I've been the only white person in a, in a uh, organizing space, you know, where it was all black and I wasn't sure if it was okay for me to be there. Um, I had, I had shown up to organize, but, uh, you no, know, I've had experiences where I, where I asked and people were like, mm-hmm. no, we love it. We, we totally love it that's that great. you're here. And then there might be other moments where people are like, actually, we, we really want to gather just together right now. Um, mm-hmm. and if that's the response, um, it's important that we just understand the importance of that and don't center ourselves and, uh, mm-hmm. and just have some humility and, and step back and, you know, um, yeah, as a uh, yeah, I think it's something I think, uh, you know, as white people showing up for racial justice, it's always important just to um, not finding the right words, but I think humility is at the core of it.
1: Yeah. And then I think there's also uh, kind of want to, you know, there's also the perception of the, the white savior uh, sort of archetype that's no bueno, mm-hmm. uh, that you just don't, don't want to be in there and make sense you know, makes can make things a little bit uh, uncomfortable. If you were going to recommend a way, because obviously, these are diverse spaces that we might not have, we might, they might not be in our, in our Facebook groups, or in, you know, we might not be attending areas where these opportunities are, are there? Is there a, a strategy that you would um, recommend for somebody who's, you know, wants to put their body in a diverse space, how, how they would go about finding, finding these spaces that might be welcoming, and, and we can learn from?
0: Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I think if we're talking about just putting our bodies in diverse spaces, um, you know, the, the two things that come to mind are, uh, you know, it it depends on your orientation, but there's a lot of spiritual and religious spaces which are very diverse and which are Mm. excellent places to, to build meaningful community, you know, by putting your body in those, uh, in those, uh, spiritual and religious spaces that depends on what your interests are, you know, in, in, in that kind of thing. Um, but it's important that, you know, when we're putting our body in an organizing space, of course, the primary thing would be, is it something that we really believe in? Is it something that we're really committed to? Um, and then finding those spaces and just, you know, checking out when the meetings are happening and then just showing up at the meeting, introducing yourself um, and, you know, as, asking, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, just um, basically asking how you could be a service, you know, and, and letting people kind of direct you. Uh, uh towards how you can show up in a way that that they would appreciate for their group very good thank you
1: um, i'm going definitely put links to your to your projects uh link to this interview i just wanted to know if there's anything else you want to you want to share about or you want to add uh no I th- no i think that's it for right now okay well i learned a lot and i appreciate you I appreciate the work that you're doing you're truly doing wonderful work and um you know I- I keep doing it. 'Cause we need more people like you and like I'm inspired to hear the background of these projects in a little more nuanced way. And it's I think it's it's really important way. Mm. And thank you.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Mike.
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lessons Lib Podcast. The Lessons Lib Podcast is part of the Lessons Lib Project, where our mission is to catalog the lessons of every human being's unique life and disseminate those lessons for humanity's betterment if you like what you heard, please subscribe. If you have lessons you would share with the world, you can share them now at LessonsLive.com, a platform where you can share your life's lessons and learn from others. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, please send me an email at info@lessonslive.com and let me know what you would teach the world. Until next time, I wish you well.